הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדרנו, לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר קדוש ומשאבה ארץ המה. ובפחד רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו למנחן נובע מכוחו חוכמה רבנו נחמן מציגים את שמחה. נא נח נחמן נחמן ואומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. שברוך השם, today we start the manuscript in which רבנו wrote on תורה ס"ד לדליקות המאורן, תורה 64, which starts with a verse in פרשת בו. The first verse in פרשת בו. ואמר השם למשה, בול פרעה. כי אני הכבדתי את ליבו ואת לב האדם וצ'רו וצ'רו. So we're going to do a manuscript on this Torah. Let's see a little bit of the differences between this Torah, between the manuscript and the, 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 the uh, what do you call it, the Torah that we studied, that was actually printed within uh, Likut HaMoran. We're going to recognize there's a few differences. But um, let's hop right into it. Bo'el paro, ki ani hikbati et libo v'chule. Come to paro. For I've hardened his heart. God tells Moshe Rabbeinu, after the first um, seven plagues, um, come to Paro, for I've hardened his heart. Okay. To put that verse aside, we'll come back to it towards the end of the lesson. When Rabbeinu explains the verse according to all the introductions he's about to give. היה עומד פשט אין סוף וצמצם את אורו לצדין וישך חלל פנויים ובתוך החלל פרה כל העלמות בדיבורו ובחוכמתו כמו שנאמר בדבר השם שמיים נעשו וכולי. What does it say? When it arose in God's will when it arose in the simple will to create all the worlds in order for the sake of benefiting others because we know that the reason why God created the world was to bring chesed upon his creatures upon creation That he wanted to do things for the benefit of others. He wanted to do something good. Why? Because God's midah, God's attribute is to do good. And we know in the beginning that God's light was spread out infinitely. But what did God have to do to create the world? It's brought down in, the, in Etz Chaim. It's brought down that God had to contract his light to the sides so that he could create a vacated space, an empty space in the middle. And within that empty space, he created all the world with his speech and with his wisdom. With the word of God, they, the heavens were created. Meaning what? The Dibur. It says also, you created everything with wisdom. So what were the two um, vessels to create the world? Speech and wisdom. And this vacated space, We call it in the name of Paro, the vacated space when God contracted his light to the sides, his infiniteness, his greatness to the side. And all that existed in the middle of this vacated space, that's what we call Paro. Paro is the vacated space. Because it's within the vacated space that he later revealed his light. What's Paro? comes from the word re- revelation. What's Paro comes from the word tafriu. It's the aspect of revelation, to reveal something. And within the vacated space, that's where God later revealed His light. And before God created the world, before there was creation, God possessed all the traits, whether it was mercy, whether it was wisdom, but they were all in the aspect of what we call ensof. There was no measure to it. It was infinite. Because God Himself, was inf- God himself is infinite, right? So His measures, His attributes are all infinite. And the Kilo Ayyum Gwadim, they were unlimited, there was no boundaries to them. 
But after God contracted his light to the side and created this vacated space so that he could later create the world. Afterwards, a uh, boundary was created to all the attributes. So that we people who are finite creatures can distinguish and understand a little bit of God's goodness, his, his traits of goodness and his compassion. So that contraction allowed us to understand the traits, to make it relatable, not, to, not something that's completely not understandable. And where does that discernment come from? Where does that discernment that enables us to discern God's uh, good attributes and His kindness? Where does that come from? This ability to discern comes from the intellect and the wisdom that uh, God constricted within us. And the, the, the wisdom that God constricted within uh, all the worlds. Know that there, is, there are wisdoms that are very far from holiness. But nonetheless, even though these wisdoms are far from holiness, there's still a little bit of godliness there. There's still a little bit of holiness present. Um, why? Because there are letters that have fallen since the beginning of the creation of the world. As we know, when God created the world, that the vessels which we know are the Sfirot, um, broke because there was too much light. Meaning the light that God um, suffused into the vessels, being the Sfirot, the attributes, were too strong for the, for the vessels to contain. And from that point when the vessels broke, that's where the, the, origin, the origination of almost evil existed. Because it's from the excess light, the excess um, light that couldn't be contained in the vessels, that got all the way down, to that, uh, that fell down all the way to the evil forces. And that excess is what the evil forces nourishes itself off of. That what? That the vessels could not contain the light that God put within them. And therefore they break. And from them, that break, the breaking of the vessels is where the klipot were formed. Um, and their life force comes from these sparks of the, uh, the light that was present within those vessels. So the letters that have fallen all the way down to those places that are far represent the sparks that are present within, within uh, wisdom that is far from holiness. But yet still, within that wisdom, there is still some holiness, meaning those letters that have fallen from the broken vessels. Those letters represent the light. Here we're missing a lot of the, the teaching because half of the manuscript was torn apart and lost. Meaning uh, half the page that we're talking about here. Um, after this word, minito, uh, uh, there's no word there. It's, uh, it's missing something. So we see that there's missing something. Now, let's put a period there and we continue. Rabbanu teaches us that's a, it's, a, it's a newer subject that wisdom comes from this, con, this constriction meaning what? from this vacated space that we mentioned above and upon wisdoms like those meaning those wisdoms those foreign wisdoms that we talked about that we mentioned um very um, briefly above, those foreign wisdoms that are far from holiness, it says about those wisdoms, anyone who, any of those people who go to those wisdoms, do not return. 
just like the vacated that that space is vacated from God's from the light of God's uh, from the light of his godliness the same is true of these wisdoms you cannot find within those wisdoms that there is godliness present on the contrary they point to the exact opposite just like the vacated space and this wisdom is forbidden to even speak about speak about it because it doesn't have the strength of speech because the is before creation and what did we say it's creation that was be, and it's creation that was created with speech right but if it's before creation it's before the letters of speech and there's no strength within the human the human being to speak about it and there's no strength within the intellect to understand this concept meaning Rabbanu is explaining there's two wisdoms in it Rabbanu teaches us in this Torah Torah Samach that there's two wisdoms there are certain wisdoms that um, that there are answers to there's certain wisdoms that aren't as bad but then there's the wisdom that there's no answer to and Rabbanu teaches us that the reason there's no answer to this is because people don't even understand that it's not even a question in the first place meaning the paradox, for example, of uh, a free will and how God knows something beforehand, meaning how could God know what you're going to do and yet that there's still free will on your end, that's a paradox that you cannot try to understand. You cannot even try to give an answer to it because actually it's not even a question in the first place. Meaning what? It's not a valid question because the truth is there's an answer. It's just we can't understand it. But we cannot even give an answer because it comes from a place called the Kharal Afanui, meaning the vacated space, meaning until... Your, your soul leaves this earthly body, you will never be able to understand a problem and, a, and a, a paradox that big. But it's not even a question in the first place because the truth is there's, it makes complete sense in its source. This is what we're talking about, the wisdoms that any of those people who go down to it will never return because there's no answer there. You cannot even give an answer. So, Rabban was saying it's forbidden to even speak about it and there's no strength to it. So this, this is why the dangers of philosophy, Rabban speaks about here in this Torah, the dangers of philosophy, how it's forbidden for a Jew to even to enter this questioning of faith, to enter these philosophies that question Emunah. Because Behemet, the main essence of Judaism is to follow Hashem Bach with faith even though we don't understand because Behemet there's lots of things we do not understand whatsoever. In fact, we don't understand anything at all. And if we think we understand, that's exactly... The proof that we don't understand anything at all. True wisdom is whenever a person realizes he doesn't know anything at all. So we see here that we have to rely on faith. And Ramanu is saying, anyone who falls into these wisdoms, do not return. Because it's the aspect of the vacated space. And the vacated space doesn't have speech. There's nothing, there's no intellect, there's no intellect before creation. There's no chokhmah dibur there. You cannot even speak about it. You cannot try to wrap your head or your mind around it because it, it's not even applicable. 
ואדרבה שמורים להפך כמו החלל פנוי. He said above, they point to the opposite. There's no like godliness there because it's vacated space, right? It seems that there's no godliness. וזאת החוכמה אסור לספר ממנה כי אין הכוח הדיבור כי החלל פנוי היא כאילו מבריאה קודם נוטיות הדיבור. אין כוח במדבר לדבר ואין כוח בשכל להבינו כי תמצא בחוכמתו. As we just said, ואין כוח בשכל להבינו. Meaning speech, we cannot even speak about it, we cannot even try to wrap, around our, wrap our head around this idea. כי תמצא בחוכמתו כדי שישאר חלל פנוי. Because he contracted his wisdom so that it remains a vacated space. And upon this it says, That when Moshe Rabbeinu asked Hashem Yitbarach a question, there's a few things that God, that Moshe Rabbeinu asked Hashem Yitbarach. Um, and what did Hashem respond back? Shtok, be quiet. This is the way it arose in my thought. Because upon things that are very difficult to understand, It is said about them, shtok, be quiet. Meaning, do not even speak about it because when you speak about it, you're, you're creating a blemish. Because it comes from a place before speech, so don't even try to speak about it. And all the more so, you have to try to flee, to run away from these wisdoms. But because, unfortunately, many, many of our nation has fallen to, this, um, to these philosophies, It's permissible for the tzaddik of the generation in the aspect of Moshe Rabbeinu. On the contrary, actually, it's not even permissible. It's a mitzvah for him, it's a commandment. To analyze and to delve into these wisdoms. Um, it is obligated for him. to enter these wisdoms in order to elevate those souls, those people in the nation that have fallen from this deep pit. Meaning, and do not think for one second that through the uh, analyzation of the tzaddik within these wisdoms that he's able to discern the exact opposite. Meaning what? That he's able that he's able to bring empirical proof, logical proof to the creation of the world and to God. And that with any other philosophical question like this, that the tzaddik is able to find godliness when they're there to prove their mistake. Rabbeinu is saying, do not think that. Do not think that when the tzaddik is entering this, that he's able to bring out this. That he's able to bring out this proof that God exists. Or with any other philosophical questions that are mentioned in any of the books, that he's able to give an answer to them. This is impossible. This is only possible until the future time. That in the future, the verse will be fulfilled. No longer will your teacher be concealed. Meaning that we'll understand everything, meaning even those questions that arise from this place, of the vacated space. Meaning in the aspect of the tzimtzum, the, con- the, con- the great constriction at the beginning of time. Which is the aspect of God's concealment. But nonetheless, In the future, it will be revealed an awesome wisdom, an awesome intellect that's so big that we'll, that we'll be able to find godliness even within those places. 
But Rabbeinu says, do not think, do not make the mistake that when the tzaddik is doing this, he's able to come out with this proof for God and this and that to, to prove to the world that actually the wisdoms are false and to give us logical answers for us why those philosophies are not something to rely on and why they're false. Rabbeinu is saying, do not think that for a second. Because why? Because now, that the reason why the tzaddik engages and analyzes these wisdoms, why? Because the tzaddik was in the ask of Moshe Rabbeinu, when he enters these philosophies and these wisdoms, it's to benefit and to subdue the strength. It's to benefit us to subdue the strength of these wisdoms. Why? Because he's so holy. The tzaddik is so holy that he's able to subdue the strength of these philosophies and to bring the Jewish people out from those places because every single thing yearns to attach itself to its source when the tzaddik engages in these philosophies then all those souls that have fallen down into these traps these perplexions these, um, these places which perplex the mind they, they constantly desire and yearn to bond with the soul of the tzaddik and he's able to bring them out from there. Meaning what? The tzaddik is there as a benefit to bring out those souls who have fallen there already but not to come out with proof as to why the Torah exists and why um, God created the world and all this stuff because that stuff has to come from a person with emunah, with faith, etc. And this is what it says. And this is an explanation of the verse. Come to Paro. Meaning that God is commanding the Tzadik Moshe Rabbeinu to come to Paro. What's Paro? Paro is the Chalal Panu in the vacated space, as we said above. That the Tzadik has to enter that place. Whereas we're rid of godliness, as if to say. Because I have hardened his heart, right? What did that mean? I have hardened. He comes to the word what? Kavod, which is what is kavod? Kavod is garment is the levush. Hashem malach geut lavesh. Like he wore this, this pride, this this glory as a garment. It's an expression. which is an expression of levush, a garment v'astara, concealment. What does it mean that I have hardened his heart? That I've hardened his heart and the heart of his servants so that I should place my signs within their midst. What, within his midst. What does that mean? Meaning God concealed and constricted his godliness. The light of his infiniteness leads Dadin to the sides so that he should later, afterwards, create the entire creation as a whole. So that I should place ototai, my signs. What is ototai? letters. Meaning the creation of the world which occurred through the letters. The, the letters were the vehicle for the creation of the world. So that I should place my letters, meaning which is the creation of the world. And so that you shall tell in the ears of your sons and your sons' sons your grandchildren. And what did Rashi say? Perash Rashi. In another place. Up until here. This is the extent of the father's compassion upon his son. Meaning what? 
שתבחון בהבחנת שכלך. Because through the creation, now we're able to tell of the compassion that we discern with the discernment of our intellect, meaning now we're able to speak about God's great compassion and His kindness. Why? Because now that the, this, this uh, Timsum was created at the beginning of time, at the beginning of creation, that God con constricted His light to the sides. Now we're able to speak about God's Rachmanut um, and, and His kindness because there's boundaries to it. And now we can discern about it. We can discern this kindness and we can understand it to the to our very little capabilities, but yes, we can understand it to some extent. What does that mean, Be'ozne, in the ears? This represents Havchana discernment. It says, the ear discerns words. Because this sipur, this telling, this, this speaking of, comes from the strength of the letters of speech that uh, which the world was, which the world, which all the worlds were created through, meaning the letter of the speech, and this discernment comes from his wisdom, from the wisdom of Hashem with which God created the entire world, all the worlds. And what, are, what does it say? <coughs> and the servants of Paro in the verse. These are the introductions to all those wisdoms. Which bring aid and assist all those wisdoms. Just like there's no king without servants. The same is true of wisdom. That there's no wisdom without introductions first. There's always need of introduction before you get to the intended subject. Parol represents that constriction of light. And that vacated space. When it says, in the hearts of his servants, what's the heart? The heart, this represents the essence of wisdom, the heart. That represents the actual wisdom in itself. The avadim, the, the servants, represent what? The introduction. The love represents the actual piece of the wisdom. And this constriction also took place with wisdom. But it's impossible to understand. Um, because how is it that he took away the light of his wisdom so that it shouldn't be in the aspect of infiniteness? Meaning, how is it that God contracted his wisdom so that it's not infinite anymore? Because isn't the, the contraction in itself taking place through wisdom, which is infinite? So we see that actually the vacated space is not rid of his wisdom. Because his wisdom, the vacated space was created through wisdom, and wisdom, God's wisdom is infinite. So if we're saying that the vacated space is a place wherever we can contract the wisdom so that it's not completely infinite, that, that makes no sense because the way God created was with his infinite wisdom. So... There's a very big question here, and that is the paradox in itself. And Rabbanu is teaching us that this shows us that it's not even a, the vacated space is not even vacated in the first place. Vezen, this is what it says, Kianir Bati, meaning I have hardened. Hanuhid Bashti Vistarti Lev, meaning I have concealed, I have in uh I have garbed, I've in I've clothed, I've um disguised. At Lev, what is the heart? 
meaning the essence of the wisdom, right? Meaning of the wisdoms. And I close the essence and the heart of their assumptions. So that no person should understand this. And the fact that nobody understands this vacated space because it's it's a question in the first place that nobody understands really. We say it's vacated, but it's not really vacated at all because it was created with God with God's infinite wisdom, with His infinite capability. So the reason why God creates this um, this paradox of the mind in the first place is so that he could create all the worlds within it. So that God can place his letters, his signs, right? But those wisdoms that have a little bit of the holiness from the broken letters, this represents the Adam of the Klippa, the man of the, of the husks, which is like the monkey in the eyes of a human being. This is, represents the Klippa, the Adam of the Klippa. It's like a monkey. The monkey imitates the man. That a man is able, a man who falls there, is able to know from there, God, from that place, he's able to recognize and to find God through the letters of holiness that have fallen over there since the breaking of the vessels. And this is what it says, that I've made famous in Egypt. What does that mean? I made famous perush sachati that I made a joke of them. I believe Rashi brings that down. That God is saying I made a joke of them. And uh, I'm not sure who brought that down. It's possible it's Rashi. I have to, uh, um, to double check. But we continue. And uh, my uh, signs that I've placed among them. Meaning, this represents the evil man, the Adam of the Kippah, we said. Which is like a monkey in the eyes of a human. Uh, a monkey in comparison to a human. It says in Yiddish, this is like a comedy skit. Meaning, the monkey is like a, an imitation of a man, but it's like a comedy. This is like a... This is what we mentioned earlier. This, this evil humanoid is uh, what what you call it, like a monkey that does what a man does. And my signs that I place among them be that um, as it says in the verse, and he shall know that I am God. Meaning that you shall know my name that has fallen there. You are able to know that I am God. Meaning what? That from that place, when you fall into those places, you're able to know Hashem from there. When Moshe comes to Pharaoh, what did Moshe tell Pharaoh? So says the God of the Jewish people, send my nation and they shall serve me. Meaning the God of the Jews, what did that mean? Meaning this is the godliness, that, the light which God contracted to the sides. This is what it says whenever it says Ivrim, Jewish people. What does that mean, Ivrim? 
the other side of it, when it says Ever, the other side of the river. Meaning what? That God put his light to the other side. That's a contraction. And this is why we are called the Ivrim. And look at this Chidush. Look at this Chidush. The Rabbanu is telling us why we're called Jews. Because Ivrim comes the word Ever, being pushed to the side. What did that have to do with it? that constriction that took place at the beginning of the time? That we throw away all our wisdoms and we cleave ourselves to God solely in faith. We solely cleave ourselves to God alone and in faith alone. And Moshe comes to Paro in order to subdue him, as we mentioned above. And this is what it says. Um, until when will you refuse to subdue yourself before me? That's what God is telling Moshe to tell Paro. Until when will you, sub, uh, will you refuse to subdue yourself before me? Meaning what? The main thing is to send my nation. Hashem is telling Moshe to tell Paro. Because if you refuse... Etc. Etc. I will bring locusts in your borders tomorrow. What is arbe locusts? This represents this contraction. Um, and it says, it's brought somewhere that the the skeleton of a locust is a, is a parcel of itself. It's part of the actual animal in itself. That the, the garment of this locust is actually part of the locust. The same is true of that contraction that took place, that concealment, that enclothing of God's light at the beginning. It's still part of him. Meaning because even that Halbasha, that in clothing, that um, that that time when God contracted His wisdom and His infiniteness is still took place with His infinite wisdom, meaning what that God is still included within the vacated space. That's what we're proving here. That's the entire paradox that we cannot even understand that Rabban was saying. You have to live with that, meaning that Hashem created the world. He contracted His light to the sides in order to create this finite world with finite people with everything that's finite. But what? Within that space in itself, even though we consider it vacated, it's not vacated because Hashem has created it with His infinite wisdom, which means it has suffused within it God's infiniteness. So, in itself, that place is still godly. And there's still things that we need to retrieve from there, but nonetheless, we cannot enter there. And the only reason why the tzaddik goes there is to retrieve those souls that have fallen there. Um... So that's what the tzaddik falls in, goes there, so that those souls attach themselves to its root, its source, which is the neshama of the tzaddik. This is why only one tzaddik in the generation, the bechina Moshe Rabbeinu, can enter that, um, enter that, those wisdoms, because only he has the koach to be able to bring up those souls. That's why it's forbidden for any single one of us to ever open up any of those books, even the books of the Jewish philosophy, those Jewish the, the, the tzaddikim of our history, who wrote books on philosophy. Especially go to Chayyim Oran, who brings certain books that are forbidden to study, 
especially, especially Moren Yavuchim, the book of the Rambam called the God for the Perplexed, Rabban said, happy is he who never opens up, who, happy is he who never opens up this book. Because remember, this book is filled with paradoxes and questions that, <laughs> that which the Rambam tries to answer, but actually only weaken our faith because Be'emet, Rabban was saying that there's no place in the Jewish nation for these philosophies and wisdom. The only thing that remains for us is faith and this is literally why we are called Ivrim because Ivrim comes word Ever to be pushed aside Ever Anar to the side of the river right as we just said the other side meaning that we believe that in the contraction when God put everything to the side that we're throwing away all our wisdom to the side just like God contracted this space by putting away his wisdom we're going to throw away our wisdom and we're going to attach ourselves to Hashem Bach with simple faith without trying to understand anything so, um, may we be protected from all these uh, philosophies, especially the foreign ones, the, from all these foreign philosophies and wisdoms. May uh, Hashem protect us from this. So, as we just explained, um, because even the Harbasha, when God enclosed all the worlds within the vacated space, this too took place with his infinite wisdom. Nimta, we find. Everything is one. That even the contraction of this vacated space is all godliness. But it's not in our capability to understand today, to understand this concept. Because immediately, when we say that he removed his light, that whenever we say that God contracted His light, we're saying that He's no longer there. And the second we say that that God's wisdom actually exists within the vacated space, it's difficult to understand. It's difficult to understand. It's difficult to understand this contraction, this uh, vacated space. It makes no sense now. Because it's no longer vacated if God's wisdom is there. But in the future it can it will be fulfilled the verse that our teacher shall no longer be concealed from us. Meaning what? That the wisdom, the intellect of the renewal of the world will be revealed to us. That the, this intellect of understanding this hastara and this timtum, this concealment of God's light and this contraction will be will be understood. And this is why it says, Abimacha what did it say? tomorrow. I'll bring tomorrow. meaning what is tomorrow? It's a representation of the future time. What is the future? It says, and tomorrow to receive the reward. That tomorrow is reference to the future time. And this is what it says. I will bring tomorrow. What does that mean? Hanulatid, meaning in the future. Arbe bigurecha, I'll bring what? Arbe, locusts in your borders. What is Arbe? Or bigurecha in your borders. Hanugvulecha, shehu bichinat chalal apanui. Meaning, what is your borders? Meaning the chalal apanui, which is a border that God created. It's a limitation that God created, a limitation of His wisdom so that we can understand it. This represents, Hanugvulecha, what is in your border? This represents a chalal apanui. Yigadeh shamtanatid arbe. Um, <clears throat> wait a second, sorry, there's a there's missing pieces there. There's a word that's missing. Um what is Hashem what is uh, Rabbanu teaching us? And when it says um that God will reveal to us in the future 
in the tomorrow, or the, which is represent representation of the future, the Arbe. What's Arbe? This locus, Hainu, um, as we said above, that Arbe Dilvushin, meaning that the Arbe in itself is part and parcel of Hashem, meaning how the contracted, the, the constriction, the vacated space is actually godly in itself. Meaning that there's godliness there. And this is what it says, My righteousness will answer for me on the day tomorrow. What does that mean? When you come to reckon my wages. What does that mean? Meaning in the future, they will be they will be able to answer for me all the uh, they will be able to answer for me and explain to me all the doubts that we had about this chalapan Tzikati, and this word it says, Tzikati, my righteousness. Hanu levushin, ve'astara, ve'timtum. Meaning, what is Tzikati, my righteousness? It's a representation of these garments. Ve'astara, this concealment, this timtum, this, constri this constriction. Kemo tzedek lavashti, it said in the verse, tzedek lavashti. I wore tzedek, I wore righteousness. Meaning what? This um, concealment, this garbing. Ve'ze ve'anata, and this word it says in the verse, ve'anata tzikati. My righteousness will answer for me. What if I will answer? As it says in the verse, respond to a fool. That you'll be able to answer and respond to me. In answer to all these doubts. My righteousness, meaning my garments, they'll be able to understand. They'll be able to provide answers regarding God's garments and constrictions. Um. That's what the verse means. On the day of the future, meaning in the time to come. Um, and this is sometimes what happens between the tzaddikim. Uh, this entire thing that we're explaining is what happens between the tzaddikim. Because they create worlds. Kamova as brought saying to Tion, You are my nation. What does it say in the verse? Saying to Tion, declare to Tion, You are my nation. What does it say? You are my nation. Do not read in my nation, rather with me. Meaning that you are with me in creating the world. That the tzadikim, they are the ones who create the world. They are with Hashem. They, they are partners with God in creating the world. As brought down in the Zohar, in the Akdaman, the Zohar, Daf, Hey, Amud Aref. And the tzaddikim, they are drawn, um, each and every tzaddik is drawn from one, or, uh, to one side or another side. One is drawn here, one is drawn there. This represents the constriction of light to the side. So that what? Just like the light was constricted to the side, the contracted to the side, same is true of the chachamim. Um, um, so that what the vacated space can be created between these um, between the light meaning when the light was contracted to the sun in between that empty space there's the vacated space um, in between those that separation of light is this vacated space meaning what that um, sorry as it says so that within that vacated space, there can be some sort of existence there that exists between these chachamim or between these, um, what do you call it, these, this light.
that was separated. The, the Chachamim represent this light that was separated at the beginning of time, and within that there is this Chalal Panui, which is where some existence can take place. Vezen, this is what it says, Shimon ben Omer, Shimon his son says, Kol yamai gadati ben all my days I grew up between the sages, and I found nothing good for the body except for silence. What does that mean? Between the sages. What does that mean? Specifically, that the sages aren't unified. They aren't one. And each and every tzaddik is drawn from one, to, uh, to one side. When this occurs, it's good to be silent. Meaning in the aspect of Moshe Rabbeinu, who was a sorry, who who was heavy lipped, who had a lisp. Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't really speak well. Why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu was this aspect of silence, And he said above that through Moshe Rabbeinu we're able to subdue this heresy. And why do people fall into heresy? Because this heresy falls and gets thrown upon people because they see this. Um, the strife between the sages. And this separation between these chachamim, this represents the vacated space we mentioned above, when the light was separated to both sides. And the main thing is not study but action. So why did the Chachamim are separated? Rabbanu explains the deep reason why in correlation to the creation of the world. Why? Because if the Chachamim were all agreeing and they were all in, in unity and they were all one, they would be able to create... Um, they would be able to create these novelties in Torah. But know that what? They'd be in the category of this diffusion of the light of God's infiniteness. Meaning what? And with regard to the spreading of, and the diffusion of God's infinite light, it's impossible to create something, any sort of existence there. It's impossible to create any sort of existence there. There's no light there. There's nothing that can be existed. It's just this ultimate consciousness and reality of godliness but there's no action that can be done there because there's no choice of like a free will there it's all one it's not there's no free will present but the main thing is what the main thing is not study but action so even though the Chachamim will be able to create awesome chidushim, that's not the most important thing the main thing is action meaning that we should be able to act and create an existence within the construction within the constriction Within this constriction, so we see this main idea is not the chidushim, not a study, but the action to be able to act within this free will, this concept of free will that we have, this ability to choose, which is why this unity cannot exist between the chachamim. And now, in continuation with what we were saying earlier, that Shimon Beno Omer, we continue with um, one of those uh, famous sayings. He continues, Anyone who speaks too much brings sin. Because after the constriction, From their words are created this existence. And even through their mundane conversation, 
שכל אחד דיבר על חברו החכם. And even what each of them speaks against the other sage, נעשה איזו התיבות, there's an existence that creates, that is created from this. ומריבו דיבורים, דיבורם, מזה בהתיבות הקליפות. And from too many words comes this existence of the, the husks. The creation of the husk. כמו שנתאבי הקליפות מריבוי אור. Because just as the husks, the, the clipot, the evil forces were created from too much light. Because at the beginning of time one, the vessels could not contain the light and they broke. Same is true of speaking too much. Same is true of the too much of the chachamim when they speak too much, it brings sin. Meaning it creates a clipot. What? Meaning the wisdom, the, those wisdoms that have a little bit of holiness, as we said above. Meaning that still have a few sparks of holiness that need to be retrieved there. Or however many sparks. Um, uh, what does it mean, Omer, when Shimon Benoit says, so that you shall tell, so that you shall say. Beno זה בחינת רחמנות ענן. What is Beno when it says Shimon Beno, Shimon his son? What is Beno זה בחינת רחמנות? של האב על הבן. This is the compassion that a father has on his son. Shimon, what Shimon זה בחינת באוזני? היינו בחינת הבחנה. Shimon comes the word שומעת, to hear, which uses what faculty? The, the aspect of the ears, the listening. This represents באוזני, the ears. And it says in the verse, באוזני בנחן, the ears of your son. This represents discernment. Obviously, we can try to get something from this. It's very, very vague and very esoteric. It's obviously not as clear as the actual lesson 64. But we see many different elements here that aren't mentioned over there and the way it's split up and different understandings that we can get from here that actually illuminate our understanding of Torah Samech ברשימה on Bol, uh, Rabbeinu's manuscript, on Torah 64, which starts with the verse Bol Paro, this is, at the, this is the end of the manuscript, and we see that there are pages, the pages of this manuscript were torn apart, and some were burnt from the sides, and uh, he didn't find everything, that, the, that there was missing pieces, so Rabbi Nathan printed it the way he found it. Um, let's do also one more uh, piece within the manuscripts, that Rabbi Nathan printed at the end, um, a small, a small, very small thing, a few lines, about um, the manuscript which Rabbi wrote on Siman um, 69 of the Kutem Moran, where he wrote over there one of the small Torahs, Mat Shekatu Be'a Torah, Metabered Migodel Isu Gzela Vechemda, Afil Be'machshava, the Torah that speaks about the great prohibition of stealing and coveting even in a person's thought. Be'siman Samechtet, in uh, Likut Moran Kama. It's brought over there in lesson 69 of Likut Moran, this Torah. And uh, Ravenu gives us a little sweet idea here, um, the Rabbi Nathan prints here, in the manuscript. This is an explanation for the one who, who steals from his friend. 
says that one who steals from his friend, I think it's about the Mishnah, that one who steals from his friend, the, the value of just a penny, a the smallest amount, needs to chase after him. Let's say he takes a false oath after this, steals from his friend and takes a false oath, uh, claiming his innocence, but then after wants to ref- repent and do Teshuvah because he knows he stole. He has to follow his friend to chase after his friend to return back the money. And uh, a little bit more. His brother over there in the Mishnah. But he needs to chase him after it, even to the city called Madai. He needs to chase after him even to this distance in this place called Madai. Le Madai. To this city called Madai. That's how much you need, how far you need to go to even return just a penny. What's Le Madai? comes from the word Limude Hashem. Limude Hashem. Those. The, the people who study under God. Those people who study Hashem. This represents the children. Ayen Sham. As brought down in the lesson over there, Rabbeinu explains this. is Hashem. This represents the Banim, the children. Ayen Sham. Look in the lesson over there. Rabbeinu brings this idea. Shamati bi piva kadosh. Rabbeinu, I heard, Rabbi Nathan said, I heard from his holy um, mouth. Shama. That he said, Shekach Shama. That this is the way he heard it. That the way he heard it in the heavens was the way they were teaching this Gemara. Meaning that this is the way he heard it. That this is the way they learned the Gemara the way in the place that he heard it. Meaning when Rabbeinu brought down this lesson. And we know that when Rabbeinu brings down a lesson it's not that it comes from a place in, uh, from this place. It comes from very, very lofty worlds. That in the place where Rabbeinu heard it, in the yeshiva where Rabbeinu heard it, wherever he heard it from, we know there's many Torahs where Rabbeinu brought, brought down from the heavens where he bribed certain officers. There's stories of this in Nikutim Moran. But in the place in which he heard it, this is the way they taught it. What's Which is the aspect of Banim, children. That one who covets children, steals from his friend. It's an aspect of like this concept of stealing children. That it's brought down over there in lesson uh, 69. There's obviously much more depth over there. It explains and goes and elaborates on this idea. But the Bauch Hashem, that's it for today. So may we apply the advice that uh, Rabbeinu taught us here. And, uh, and God willing, uh, fulfill in simplicity what Rabbeinu is uh, explaining and teaching us. Let's go back to the lesson, Bezrat Hashem. And uh, let's apply what is written over there um, in its uh, complete form. But I'm sure we can receive lots of chizuk uh, uh, and understanding from the manuscripts that are ma- mentioned here. We're going to see many, a few different new things, new novelties um, across every single piece of the manuscript that we'll study over the course of the next few days.